Welcome to the 34 Welcome to Make Matriarchy Great Again. Welcome back to the 34 Circe Salon. In the conclusion of our episode with Max Stashu, we discuss how matriarchy fits in the current cultural climate. Please join us. Where do you see in terms of the future of what this study has been at, what you've been studying? How has it looked compared to when you started creating and, and digging into this sort of thing? As to where we are now, is it more accepted in terms of this matriarchal research? Do you find that there are more outlets to uh, express it? Are there more people in academia that accept it? Where, where do you see it and where do you think we'll go in the next couple of years or so, a few years or so? It is not simple to, we cannot simply say it's more accepted. There is more room for it in a sense. There continues to be a very heavily heavy doctrinal enforcement against it in mm -hmm. academia. Uh, you know, for example, in archaeology, they, they have doubled down. They insist on talking about fertility idols. They claim huh. that that, mm -hmm. that is a, a neutral term and that it's not objective to use anything sacral in re right. reference to those because that would be projecting on those societies, even though they are found in sacral contexts in many yeah. cases, right? So there, there's still this very strong ideological bias that it, and, and you know really the resistance toward and now they're trying to say well no actually there aren't a lot of female figurines they're half and half and what so they're I've doing seen that. that's interesting is they're taking the figures which are unsexed and counting them as males oh wow and mm -hmm. so my my retort to that is what patriarchal system ever had masculine iconography without penis Right. No, right. Like, <laughs> right. That it, doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't compute. That doesn't celebrate the phallus. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's just, it's really, it's really weak. But um, the thing is that from below, it's like there are these huge, I mean, and postmodernism, poststructuralism, that the whole, the whole triumph of high theory, which was always a thing in academia, but it really took another, another, what they call the linguistic term in academia, linguistic turn in academia is this, this super, super theoretical, abstract ideology, you know, just naming things in, in really impenetrable language that is looking very little at actual concrete material evidence and much more of these flights of fantasy, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, you know, the doctrine now is you have to talk about how gender is, was fluid and all this different stuff. It's like, is there evidence that gender is fluid? In fact, let's see if there is, maybe so let's, let's have the evidence for it being mm -hmm. fluid. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, they have uncovered things, for example, you know, this gets us back into the women warriors, the, the assumption of sexing skeletons in old archaeology. It's like it's got a sword. It's a male. Right. right. You know, and yeah. so that I'm all in favor of, of, you know, critiquing that. But I think that there's been a very, very strong bias against any kind of mother right scholarship, any kind of authentication. I mean, there's this huge academic allergy, as Barbara Mann calls it, to hmm. matriarchy. You yeah. know, they just, they, they want to start making, uh, you know, anti-vampire signs anytime certain terms come up. So if Gimbutas' name 
is mentioned, she has to be slapped <laughs> down. You know, right. if if the word matriarchy is raised, it has to be negated. Mm-hmm. Without I'm picturing, really I'm picturing using, like a, it's like a witch hunt thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. W- without really using any actual evidence to falsify it, it's much more of an ideological combat. And this is why I dropped out of college because I got disgusted with that mess. I really wanted to see. Let's look and see what the evidence is. Right. Right. So it's still very, very fraught because I think that the 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 women's studies was superseded by uh, gender ideology in academia. And there's just a whole lot of abstract foldy roll out there that is not really looking at the politics, at sexual politics. That's okay. You can't really talk about sexual politics anymore. You know, it's got to be gender performativity or nothing. Can you, can you say more? Can you say more on that? Because I think I'm, I'm seeing a similar thing. I just want to make sure I'm understanding that what you're saying is what. Okay. Well, what I'm I'm talking about is how how do you make a history of patriarchy? Let's look at what patriarchy is. How does it operate? What's the material basis of exploitation that it's built upon? This is not a theoretical system. It is an, a social economic political structure. It's systemic. Mm-hmm. Right. And it has, it has a politics to it, which I'm calling sexual politics. There is such a thing as gender politics, and this goes back to what I was saying about gender rigidity. But to me, gender rigidity is the child of patriarchy and not the other way around. Right. Uh-huh. There is a material economic reason for the enforcement of that gender rigidity, which is to ultimately shore up a colonization of women's bodies. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's patriarchy. Right. You know? so and that, that is that does the mean, sexual politics you mean? You're talking that's about the, sexual the fact politics. that men are controlling women's bodies. It's the domination of women. Yeah. How is that not being accepted though? No, though I think they don't want to talk about it. They won't they don't want to talk about it. And and you know, it's just really I mean, I was going to women's studies conferences and I just watched the word patriarchy drop off the map. Hmm. I watched I mean, they never really were ever into oh, matriarchy God. or looking at, you know, contrasting these different social systems and seeing how they were put together and how they operated and let's compare and contrast, right? That was that was always a that was a, a radioactive ground. Hmm. within women's studies because it was too dangerous. It was too mm-hmm. close to the edge. Mm-hmm. And they, they were desperately trying to win some credibility. Some so, legitimacy. Yeah. Yes. From, a, from yes. a male structure, frankly. Yeah. Because they are still beholden and there were all these attacks on women's studies, you know? Mm-hmm. So in some ways everybody was really relieved when it went over to gender performativity. Then it was kind of like, okay, it, it, it just, it removed from the, the field of battle, these basic things about, you know, how structurally does forced marriage or rape or, you know, the, all of the legal structures, all the economic structures of patriarchy, how is the social system built on them? You when know, you say gender what, performativity, what do you mean exactly? Well, you know, gender performativity is like it doesn't matter what sex you are. There are just these different genders and they are oh, neutral. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as a gender hierarchy. It's, there's just gender and you can be this one or that one. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's considered the most subversive thing is to, and I'm a gender nonconforming woman myself. I've lived my whole life that way, you know, with people surrying me on the street. So hmm. I know something about this subject, right? right. It's not right. that I don't want this subject to be talked about, but I don't want it to be used to negate the very real structures of male domination right. that the society is built upon. Right. In, in, a, in a strange way, I feel like, you know, this, is, and I've said this to Dawn, this, the patriarchy we live in, the Western patriarchy, 
I love martial arts and there's a martial art called Aikido. And in Aikido, you take your enemy's energy, your opponent's energy, and you use it against him and you throw his energy back on him. So no matter what attack comes at you, you sort of flip it around and you're still standing up. And I feel like this culture we live in, when it comes to women and women's rights, that is its essence. So, okay, so now you have this, like you're saying, this movement to talk about patriarchy and talk about how there are these, you know, sexual politics and dynamics that occur. And so now we flip it around in some way so that you can't talk about that. And you have these studies that occur where, you know, we can't talk about patriarchy versus matriarchy, where, like you say, it's all part of the same discussion. We just need to make sure we acknowledge that that's a good. There. That's a good uh, a, a comparison because there is a way in which it just elides. Yeah. It just it glides off. It takes the force of the the question and it slides it off onto another subject. Yeah, yep. it's it, all the time. I see this all the time. It's like it's just amazing to me. It's like I was saying. I see it in the movements that flowered in the last few months. It's like it's always somehow. It's really not about the patriarchy, folks. It's actually about the patriarch's wife. Or, you know, it's like, for God's sakes, let's just focus on what actually is the structural reason that all these yeah. issues exist. Yeah. You know? And, and so. certainly there are conversations to be had about how women are, the colonization of women within a patriarchal system right. is necessarily going to involve female collusion. Yes. Or collaboration. Their divide and conquer is the principle of domination. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about sex or colonization by ethnicity, you know, by empire or class or it's all that. That's the basis. I mean, Julius Caesar had that part right. Divide est imperium. Yeah. You know, it's uh, that's. It works. And, and that's yeah. the way also, because, you know, this, we see this, I mean, you can look at it along the axis of sex, but this also worked in the conquest of North America, the way that, you know, getting, getting the native people set off against each other, mm-hmm. rather than fighting the, the, the Europeans that were overrunning the continent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and we it's, see it's it in, the greatest theory. Yeah. Yeah. And we see it in, in uh, racial politics, you know, as soon as the, um, the slaves were officially freed at the, you know, after the civil war, then we have this propaganda campaign for poor white people that say, you know, you may be, um, you may be poor and have no power, but at least you're not black. You can be above this group of people. Exactly. You're not the bottom rung of the ladder. That has been intensely effective. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. 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 And has led us to, you know, the mess that we're in now and the mm-hmm. vast number of black bodies that have been harmed over the history of this country. So, yeah, it's it's the best strategy employed. I always think that in the West, the patriarchy has two grand strategies. One is the divide and conquer the VDS Imperium. And then the other is the Trojan horse. Like, here's your gift. By the way, there's a bunch of soldiers inside it. So, mm-hmm. you know, so it's a really interesting sort of uh it's, it's a brilliance to it. There's a brilliance to how it can kind of distract different things. But yeah, well, it took it took them thousands of years to develop that. You know, it's just like, but they worked with yeah. what worked. Yeah, and yeah. it does work. And it does work. It works yeah. really, really well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're we're all living in it. So, what is the future? Where do we go from here? Okay, uh, so what is the future of that? Uh, well, I can't tell you what the future is, but I think that we're at the point now where we're looking around and saying, okay, we have to understand what are the other 
alternatives? What other forms of social organization exist? How do they work? What does a cooperative society look like? What does a sex egalitarian society look like that doesn't have these forms of enforcement? And that would include witch hunting behaviors, which we see a lot of. And this is part of the legacy I've been studying is the ways of controlling women by dividing women, certainly, but also Mm -hmm. the persecutory behaviors that are unleashed to keep women in line. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to really, it's difficult because we have to be able to understand and describe the systems of domination as we've been doing here, but even more crucial is to get a grip on how it could be done differently and to learn the behaviors, not just to, to grok the values, but to actually learn the behaviors of cooperative uh, interrelationship. How do we form coalitions? How do we ally with each other? How do we find places where we agree and concentrate on those? Mm. Like save the post office, <laughs> you know, mm. whatever the thing may be, you know, st- uh, stop police violence, whatever the thing may be. Uh, you know, test rape kits, good grief, you know, yeah. the, the impunity for rape that exists in the United States is just colossal. Yeah. And not only here. But, not only here, um, yeah. So, you know, you know, it's so easy to, we keep slipping onto, oh, the problem, the problem, but we really have to find a basis of social solidarity that we can also uphold the good. Yes. You know, so one of the things now we just signed on, there's somebody who's doing like a food distribution network. You know, and it's like we, we're thinking about, okay, how are we going to survive all these things that are coming on? I mean, it's pretty daunting what we're looking yeah. in the face, you know. It's just like what size is this tsunami going to be and how do mm-hmm. we survive it, you know. Right. And the only way we're going to be able to survive it is cooperatively somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that uh, that we talk about is the, the four sort of principles or uh, – Identify identifying marks of matriarchy that uh, Heide Gertner Abendroth put mm. together, and how are those four principles already existing in our society, but under a different name? Like we can't call it matriarchy because again, that's a radioactive word. But you know, we can talk about economic egalitarianism. We can talk about you know a. a to to ways to um, create egalitarian societies. We can talk about permaculture um, mm-hmm. as a way of interacting with the earth that you know is is um, allowing us to have a mutually beneficial relationship with the earth rather than one of colonization. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think I think that's a valuable point is that we need to have multiple ways of talking about things. You know, it's like reframing concepts is important. And so language is really good as a way to, to, to bring that about. I would also say, though, that matriarchy is coming back around. And so a lot of the discourse about matriarchy that's really the leading edge is coming from indigenous women. You know, the reclamation of that. Right. You are seeing. And so, you know, here in Oakland, we have the Ohlone Nation. And so they are talking about rematriate. This is a big slogan now among Native women in a lot of parts of North America, rematriate. And so there is an indigenous women's land trust on the borders of Oakland and San Leandro. They're, they're going to try to rebuild the Ohlone land base and it's being led by Native women. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. So, you know, and, and a lot of people, I mean, the women up there in um, Wet'suwet'en, 
in, in British Columbia, the ones that led the fight against that pipeline mm-hmm. who, are lead, who are leading the fight. It's not over yet. Yeah. yeah. But that is a historically matrilineal society. The wet suit wet. And, and mm-hmm. you know, there are various other societies like that that are still around. The Gwich'in people up in Alaska who are fighting the pipeline there. They're, so here you have this amazing convergence that we, we saw play out in the last year in British Columbia, where colonial name, if there ever was one. Um, right. You have you have these these indigenous women leading women elders who are also medicine people leading a fight against an extractive corporate domination of their right. historic sovereign lands, and they actually do have legal treaty basis for that battle. So all the issues come together right there. Right. You've got all of it. You've got matriarchy. You've got medicine women. You've got female elders, social activism, indigenous sovereignty, and the collective good of stopping the extractive industries. Right. It's right. all there. Where, one where, piece. where could people find out more about what's happening with indigenous women, Native American women right now and the oh. types of things that they're doing in mm-hmm. response to the things that are occurring? I can't think of a, of a clearinghouse site to refer you to about that. You have to just look around, you know. Um, yeah, because it goes by different names. I mean, <clears throat> even something yeah. like the the women in black who stand on the the corner in in um, mm-hmm. you know Israeli Palestine and and the the traumas that have been happening in that part of the world. You know, mm-hmm. here are female elders from both cultures that are coming together to speak about mm-hmm. peace. Elders now, they were young when they started. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was an interesting example because it started in Israel in, on behalf of Palestinian rights, but then it spread to uh, Bosnia with, with what happened in Sarajevo and the genocide there. And, and so the women in black spread to all these different places, including in, in North America. So, you know, that's a really good example of a positive mean that was inspiring. But, but back to the native women, I mean, there is Sogorea Te, you can, I can send mm-hmm. you the information to put on I'd your website. Yeah. And actually what they're doing also is very interesting because they're asking people of settler descent to uh, pay the shumi. The shumi is a, a tribute to the indigenous landholders. So it's like, you're here, you pay taxes to the government. Why not toss something over toward the rightful landholders to assist in the rebuilding? Mm-hmm. of this culture right. that, that is not extinct, that is still, the people are still here. So that's one group. Then you've got the Wet'suwet'en in British Columbia, here in Northern California, up in, near the Oregon, in the Shasta area, you have, uh, you can follow her on Facebook, actually, the, the Winneman Wintu people have, their chief is a woman, and a medicine woman, mm-hmm. uh, Chief Audrey Sisk. Mm-hmm. And, Audrey Sisk? Yeah. And Kayleen Audrey Six, Kayleen Sisk, I think she goes by Kayleen. So you can find her website, her Facebook page and follow. They have salmon walks because they're salmon people. They've Mm -hmm. been fighting to prevent another dam raise of the Shasta Dam. Their lands were flooded after World War II. The men were off fighting in World War II. And then meanwhile, the U.S. government is flooding their country. Right. Right. So they're hanging on by a thread. They're trying to get federal recognition. They're trying to fight for their sovereignty, you know, because there are all there's still a living culture. Yeah. Right. They still mm-hmm. have the womanhood ceremony. The balas chonas is still being held there along the river as it always has been. Mm-hmm. So all of these things exist. And a lot of this you might have to know locally. But right. I see more and more there are alliances starting to build 
between these different indigenous communities. So there is something being grown. Nice. You know, so the Winnemem and the Ohlone are in touch with each other. They're meeting with each other. There are things coming into being, you know, and I think for the rest of us who are not indigenous, that there's a real strong role for us to be played. Like it would be really great to interview either of those women yes, on, on yeah. your podcast mm-hmm. to, uh, but for us to lend material support, which is the key thing that's needed. It's not that other kinds of support would not be welcome, you know, but right. that it's like funding is the break point, you know, because we're talking about the poorest people on the continent. Yes. You yes. know, so um, it's, nice. it's like a way of, of having a rightful form of reparations mm-hmm. that actually makes a difference you know, that this can be done. And so there's this whole building because, you know, the there's a lot of talk about the native prophecies and the return of female authority that you can read about from the Iroquois, from the Hopi, different, different things that have been spread around. And sometimes you wonder, okay, how far away from the original source is this? But this has been mentioned, and this is something that has come into being. There are these movements and there is this female leadership not to the exclusion of men, but just simply because that has become the crucial joint. Yes. The crucial hub of movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and that's been true with Black Lives Matter as well. Yes. Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter was started by three women. Right. So, um, you know, it does not have to be an antagonistic relation, but that centrality of women's leadership has something to really it has something to offer because it is fundamentally challenging at the most integral level to the systems of domination that we're trying to contest. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the myth is of course, you, you said, you know, it's not about domination. The myth is of course that a matriarchy will be basically a patriarchy with the genders reversed where, you know, right. women it's are not, Women are colonizing men's bodies, and that's not the way it, you know, has historically been. Nothing like that has ever existed. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That matriarchies are are, tend to be egalitarian. So this takes us back to academia, because there's this insistence on defining matriarchy as the reverse of patriarchy. Right, right. And there's a problem with the parallelism of the terms. It does kind of imply that. In right. a sense, right? So what Guttner Abendroth did and Peggy Sanday along with her is they said, all right, look, we have a word for something that has never existed, which is female domination. And we don't have a word with something that has existed, existed. and still exists, <laughs> yes. which is an egalitarian system with a very strong component of female power within it. Right. Okay. Not to the expense of men, but simply because of the contributions women make to the society and the fact that they are the life givers. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, it's really counterintuitive that you would have a word for something that doesn't exist and not have a word for something that does. So, you know, we all went through, I mean, for me, I started out using matriarchy and then I was just like beating against a wall because mm-hmm. you would end up, you would never get out of the argument about what matriarchy is. Right. You know, and, and having to prove that it wasn't the same as patriarchy. And so I said, okay, like, let's use mother white. Let's use matrix society. I was trying to come up with some other words. And Rian Eisler did this. She came up with Guy Lanny and, you know, Paula mm-hmm. Gunn Allen. Others came up with different terms because the assumptions that seemed to be packed into the terminology, we wanted to bypass all that and actually go to talking about what kind of social systems we're talking about. Right. You know, right. What, what are they really about? And so um, I've kind of come back around again because 
the, as the indigenous women who initially repudiated that terminology because it seemed like a very Western construct, it is the word that everybody recognizes. Mm, everybody has yeah. some idea of mate, what matriarchy might be. It's a word. It exists, you know? Right. And so if we simply redefine that word and say, no, it's a different paradigm than right. patriarchy, then we, we have to start by describing what it is by reclaiming as opposed it. to what it is yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But then it gives us language. So, you know, I've been very encouraged because I've been watching women from a lot of Aboriginal heritages talking about that being their core tradition. And a lot of it in the context of colonization, because their societies really were pushed, even if they were not matriarchal societies at the point of conquest, they were pushed in a far more patriarchal direction right. by European invasion. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and the imposition of European law and Christianization, all those things that happen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's really important to recognize the key difference that makes. Yeah. You know, but, you know, we, we, we have to go through this process of having the conversation about matriarchy and explaining all these things. And we'll see where it all the dust settles and what ends up being the most useful term. But if we can really just get across the concept that yes. it's not the same paradigm, that's right. half the battle. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Yeah. That's yeah. And hopefully it. that's, uh, hopefully that's what we're contributing to with this podcast. Yeah, so. Exactly. I was going to say, it's probably a good place for us to kind of stop, but I wanted to ask, because I know Donna and I normally say at the beginning of the podcast now, you know, what the big idea has been for what we were going to talk about. So in fact, you can tell us what the big idea was that you wanted to get across. And then and what we do at the end is say, there's one more thing. If there's some action point you'd like people to follow, Right. listen to what you've got to say. Okay, the big idea is the liberation of all women. And if we attain that, we liberate all societies. This is me waving a giant flag on the top of the barricade <laughs> for what Max just said. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> and, and so then in terms of, of the takeaway, I mean, I invite people to visit the Suppress Histories page on Facebook. There is yes. the Suppress Histories website, uh, suppresshistories.net. And there are my, my YouTube channel, Max Dashu, on YouTube. There's a lot of open access videos there. And I now have stream-on-demand video through Teachable. It's called the Suppress Histories Portal. So go over there and visit wow, because great. I have videos. You know, they're, they're, they're my visual talks. So it is right. the images that I'm telling you about the on female healers, curanderas, and medicine women, on ancient Crete. A whole lot of different subjects. Rebel shamans, women confront empire, which is really about indigenous women as leaders, mm. as spiritual and political leaders. We just uh, did a podcast on Toy Perina, who falls mm -hmm. under I that know. category. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's in the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, wonderful. So, oh. so there's a lot of resources out there, and uh, you know, I, I especially recommend just for to get a quick dive into what we're looking at here is go over to the, the Facebook page, Suppress Histories Archives, like it, but look at the photo section and you can just go through the photo section and see the, the expanse of subjects, the whole spectrum mm -hmm. of yes. archaeology, you know, anti-colonial studies, indigenous history, female shamans, it's all in there and you can just kind of explore in there. It is an amazing, amazing resource, and I hope all of our listeners avail themselves of it because it's pretty spectacular. Don, Thank is there a one, one more thing you'd like to add? 
Absolutely. I really love this idea of rematriate. And uh, I, I am going to do some research uh, myself on um, the reclamation of matriarchy by indigenous women, because I think um, there is a cause that we can, uh, that we can fully support. And I want to spread the word about it. So Absolutely. that is my one more thing. You know, just one point on that. The, I think part of the reason that term came into view was the attempt to recover sacred objects, uh, cultural treasures that had been stolen into the museums mm-hmm. and private yes. collections. And so there was an act. They succeeded in getting a, a law passed that they could repatriate the artifacts. Right. And so that was an ongoing thing. But there has been this sort of uh, intervention of it, of rematriation. You know, and that was a term I was using before I even heard uh, the indigenous woman using it because it's like, well, let's let's say meet rematriate instead of repatriate, right? You know, mm-hmm. Because why does it have to be through a male framework? Right? Yeah, absolutely. And so that might have been part of the impetus, but it certainly is also their reclamation of their own heritage of female um, self determination, female social guidance. leadership, yeah, uh, social leadership guidance, guidance. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's wonderful. How about you, Sean? What's your one more thing? I actually was, it's funny, I was just thinking that my one more thing is just listening to you two guys talk about this. I think this has been just really an, a joy. And um, I just think this conversation is something that I think is flowering at the moment. I, I am hopeful that these concepts we talk about are concepts that are just beginning to germinate and will blossom very soon. So they are that's blossoming. my one thing more. Yeah, yeah, that's my one thing more. So help them blossom. Yeah, thank you, uh, Max. This has been thank great. You I hope so you much. come back and join us again. Yes, because we haven't really gotten stuff. into the Amazons yet. Right? Oh, my gosh, we, didn't even, we didn't even get there. <laughs> we got yeah. yeah, to set up a time to just talk about that. So, um, all right, thanks. And Dawn, as always, thank you very thank much. Thank you, Sean. Thank you both. This has been the 34 Cersei Salon. Make Matriarchy great again. Thank you all for listening.